Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and that means that this is Stuff You Should Know, and you know that's right. <laughs> really? Yeah. We are imploding the show today. <laughs> I'm imploding. <laughs> Josh is imploding today. Yeah. This should be interesting. That's better than exploding, though. I've been doing a little bit of that, too. Yeah, that's no good, because that affects those around you. When you implode, at least you contain the turmoil within. Yeah. Which like, is really the, you know, don't be selfish. Don't explode. We should probably <laughs> say, because I guarantee there's people out there who are like, buildings don't actually implode. Yeah, true. Um, you We should call this the how buildings, how... Detonating buildings so that they collapse in on themselves due to gravity. Right. (laughs) Send an actual implosion where everything's sucked in toward the center. Right. Right. Yeah, that's Um, a scientific thing that this is not. Right. It's it's not happening when a building implodes. You're right. But if you're um, not a jerk, then you just call them building implosions. Yeah, that's the nomenclature. (laughs) Yeah, that's what people say. I, I should say you're not a jerk if you are up in arms about that kind of thing. But I challenge you to email us and tell us what we should really call it. What what word should stand in them for implosions? Yeah, and we will uh, read it out on the uh, later episode. That's right. So uh, considering that we're still around, then <laughs> that's right. Um, Chuck, yes, are you familiar with the city of Detroit? Yes, we love Detroit. We do love Detroit. Probably my favorite name of all time. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, human being. Yeah, he was named. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, um, I grew up in Toledo. Been to Detroit plenty of times. Loved the Tigers. Yeah. Um, Sparky Anderson was a great man. Our own Matt Stafford plays for the Lions. Oh yeah, that's yeah. another big Detroit link right there. Sure. Loved the Red Wings when I was a kid. The Pistons. Yeah. When you hear me talk smack about Detroit, I'm joking. Lighten up. <laughs> like, I find it extraordinarily satisfying when people write in, it's like, you need to lay off Detroit. And it's like, well, you need to listen to all the episodes of the podcast. <laughs> I think it'd be funny. I always thought if we ever went to Detroit, which I think we should at some point for an event, yeah, that like 95% of the people would be like, awesome, we know you guys love this. And then 5% would just, they would come and sit there with their arms crossed. Right. Be like, you got a lot of making up to do. Yeah. <laughs> What's ironic is that if you switch those ratios... You'd have the number of people who live in houses with roofs in Detroit and the number of people who don't. Nice. So also, one of my favorite things about Detroit is a website called ForgottenDetroit.com. Yeah, that's a good one. I've mentioned it a few times. It bears repeating. There is a website called ForgottenDetroit.com, and I get the impression that the guy was maybe German, Austrian, or Dutch, and he's obviously knows what he's talking about with architecture Mm -hmm. because it comes through when he's documenting the the building and talking about it. But he wandered around Detroit, whoever made this website, wandered around Detroit and did a lot of urban exploration of abandoned buildings, photo-documented building after building after building, went back and found original schematics, wrote about the history, and just made this exhaustive website called ForgottenDetroit.com. And the reason why it's so awesome, in addition to the fact that it's just abandoned building photos, which are like the greatest thing on the planet, Yeah, uh, is that he documented buildings that are not there any longer. A lot of them have been torn down. Yeah. And some of them have been imploded, for lack of a better word. Oh, really? Yeah. Just to uh, make room for something better and bigger? Right. Yeah, to take care of the blight. Sure. To. Um, oh, yeah, just like, yeah, this has been here. 
right for too long exactly with broken windows right and no one's been in it occupied it since 1980 yeah you know so let's get rid of this instead of a slow demolition over the course of 50 years by vandals let's just take care of it now exactly yeah so that's how that site ties to this episode very nice okay that's good that's yeah. a good old-fashioned intro thanks man so uh like we said it is gravity is really what's going on here yeah it's a pretty simple concept what they're doing when you implode a building, or let's, this is general demolition, basically, mm-hmm. up front, is they're removing the support structures at very specific points to cause them to fall down one upon the other right. from the top down. And uh, actually, you know, you start at the bottom, but it will still fall from the top down. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, this is usually for specific height buildings. Like if you got a five-story building, you're probably going to bring in a wrecking ball, yeah. some excavators. And a guy with a little black lunch pail. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to sit on an I-beam and eat it. Exactly. Uh, and anything over maybe eight, you're going to start to get in the concept of, of using demolition for Is that the height generally? I, this I this article curious. said twenty. I don't know if there's a rule of thumb height. Yeah, I guess it, it, what the, the key here is safety. You want to do it safely, so the key is uh, the buildings. Like, where is it situated? Is it right in the middle of a, an apartment complex? Yeah. Then you may want to implode because you don't want this thing falling left or right. If you got nothing around there but empty parking lot, you're right. Maybe a twenty story building could be fine. Right. Because it's just going to fall in that abandoned parking lot with grass growing through it. Exactly. And who cares about that? Exactly. Uh, all right, so let's get into this. Uh, the first thing that you have to do is see if you can dig up the original blueprints for this thing. Yep. They may exist, in which case you're all set, and you can, you know, if you know what you're looking at, you can see where the support structures are and where you need to kind of start your, your journey here to implode this thing. Even better if you can find the architect, yeah. the, the principal architect on that job. He or she may remember some things about that job that are like didn't show up in the blueprints yeah. or little little foibles that the building has. Yeah, and be gentle with them. They may have a tear in their eye about this whole prospect. <laughs> right. You know, don't just bang on the door and say, "Hey, we're going to tear your building down." Like, uh, yeah. where's it strong? You know, your crowning achievement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The only building you ever made. <laughs> uh, so that's just some personal advice. Be gentle with these people. Uh, they're gonna um, draw up their plan of attack based on experience. And we should point out, there's not a lot of companies that do this. It's not, no, there's not 500 demolition companies that implode tall buildings. There's like 20 or so. No, and here's the reason why. It's very difficult for a young up and comer to get into the demolition business with their own company because it's so dangerous. Yes, and risky, not just to human life. But to other surrounding buildings, the areas like insurance companies are all nervous watching this. That you build a track record of carrying out building yeah. implosions, and you have you're on easy street. That's what people hire you based on is your your successful track record. Yeah, and trust me, we know Josh and Chuck Implosions LLC did not. We didn't get any calls. It was a bad. We wasted a lot of money. <laughs> wasted on that. a lot of money with that Kickstarter yeah. campaign. Well, your mom called, but she was just trying to <laughs> pump us up. Exactly, honey, you're good enough. You can implode this this okay. thing. So they draw on their experience. Um, sometimes if uh, they don't have the blueprints or if it's a little more complicated, they may even do a 3D computer model and I, try it out ahead of time. Yeah, I would guess that that's pretty standard these days. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Um, I, saw, I read this awesome article about 
people who I think it was maybe Wired, people who salvage huge, huge like um, ships. Yeah. That haven't sunk yet, that are, but are about to. These people like figure out how to keep them from sinking. Oh right. And um, even in that case, like they'll have some some guy fly with them and build a computer three D model on the on the fly. I think everyone's like playing with three D models. Right. Exactly. You know. But so I'm sure if they're doing that to like salvage tankers, they're doing it for like demolition too. Yeah. That's you know. True. You want to so, run a model. Uh, <laughs> if for no other reason than. As children, we all yeah. love to build right. and destroy models. <laughs> I, I get to press enter next. Watch. Um, so, like we said, we're covering implosions in a second. If you don't have to implode and you can just knock this thing over in an empty parking lot, you're going to do it kind of like you would a tree. You're going to, if it's you want it to fall north, you're going to weaken it and blast it on the north side. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you might even have cables pulling it that way, just like you would that oak tree in your front yard. Right. Pretty basic stuff. If there is a bunch of junk around there that you have to protect... You need it to fall in its own footprint, mm-hmm. then you're going to have to go the implosion route, right? Which is kind of cool. I think everyone likes watching these videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a really fun way to spend the day. Yeah, and there are enthusiasts, even as we learned in this article, that get a little too close sometimes to see these things in person. Right. Like building implosions are like the McRib of the demolition world. <laughs> like it's got groupies and like people go around the country. Doesn't happen that often. Right. You got to take it while it's there. Yeah. Um, and it could kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you're imploding, they, they set these blasters and they look at the building basically as a series of towers instead of a, a one building. And what I gathered from this is that each tower, quote unquote, is like a support structure. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Like if you're looking at just like a, a, a um, rectangular building. Yeah. I would guess you'd probably break it up into four quadrants. And then go after the support structures in each quadrant. Right. And then the aim is to bring them all down toward the center. Right. So, like you said, if you wanted to bring a building down to the north, you'd put some blasts, some charges on the north side to weaken it. Well, if you had four quadrants that you were trying to bring down toward the center, you would weaken the side closest to the quadrant and then have them all fall in toward the center. And then collapse the building downward. Right. Or another option is to actually weaken the center of the building. Right. And uh, that would cause everything to fall inward as well. Yeah. But if you if you broke it into quadrants and then collapse everything toward the center, you would want to time it because you don't want everything just collapsing toward the middle and just holding one another up. True. You know? Yeah, that would suck. That's, that's <laughs> the blaster's worst nightmare. Then you have uh, the Transamerica building. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. In that triangular? Yeah. Yeah. At the, in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's say, for example, you have a 20-story building. You're not just going to set charges all on the first floor and hope that gravity does its work. You're going to set charges on that first floor and then maybe like some on the 12th floor and then maybe some on the 15th or 16th floor. Yeah, and typically... Like just a couple or just blowing up the first and second floor and, and then adding just a little bit of gravity uh, will de- will demolish a whole building. But you're doing the 12th and, say, the 15th floor, too, yeah. to kind of break up the, the material that's coming down the rubble to make cleanup a little easier. Right, because, you know, you watch the video on YouTube and it takes five seconds and then you click on, you know, guy gets kicked in the groin or... Sports bloopers next, and then right. you don't think about the fact that, yeah, a guy's got to clean this stuff up. Right, exactly. So you want small pieces, is my long-winded way of saying that. Sure. But then the blaster's like, hey, 
I put some charges on floors 12 and 15. You can thank me later. And the cleanup guy says, thanks. And the, the blaster says, sandwich? I told you to thank me later. <laughs> he says, "Can I, I'll trade you an apple for that tuna sandwich. <laughs> He's like, you kidding me? It's my wife's tuna. Yeah, give me the apple and the banana and that cookie. And then the, uh, the third one comes up and he's like, "Hey, you got the mots? <laughs> remember those ads? No. You know, remember like, like the little little kid mots uh, applesauce, like the little oh, yeah, single yeah. serve ones. There's a kid who looked like his name should be Spike or something, and be like, Psst, <laughs> "Hey, you got the mots? It was a really dumb ad campaign. It's like about. a bully. Yeah, he looked like a bully, but I don't think he was actually supposed to be a bully. Weird casting decision. Huh. Yeah. Man, I, I didn't realize I was walking around with that one in my yeah, head. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought you were about to say, and that kid grew up to be Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where were we? Okay. <laughs> Wait, was that a Paul Harvey reference? I, no, 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 I don't think so. Huh. So they've got their plan in place. The, the detonators, this blasting company, has the plan in place, and now they have to actually prep the building. Yes. First step in prep is... Um, they wash it. Well, no, they don't watch it. They survey the site. They walk through the building several times because you don't want to just make a cursory glance. You want to do your due diligence. Well, you need to clean everything out of there. Right. Even before it. that, like some crew has come through and gotten all the drywall and all that stuff out. Yeah, like everything. You want it as empty as possible. Take out any non-load bearing walls. You want to make it easier to tumble this thing. Sometimes I'll even uh, cut into uh, some of these support structures to give it a bit of a head start. Mm-hmm. Hit it with sledgehammers. Sure. Yeah. Release a little uh, pent-up frustration, you know? Exactly. So then the blasting crew comes through and is making note of all this stuff. That's right. Because then, they've already looked at the blueprints, but blueprints are, those are just pictures for college boys. <laughs> you want to get in there and really see what's going on. Firsthand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because the blueprint, I mean, you know, there could be derivations. You never know. Sure. Um. So then once you have everything cleaned out, maybe you've weakened some of the support columns with sledgehammers, it's sort of, it's not teetering, but mentally it's teetering. It's beginning to think about teetering. The building knows, like, oh boy. Time to come down. Yeah, my, my time is limited here. I was a crowning achievement once. <laughs> um, so then the blasters uh, come in. They start loading these columns with explosives. Um, dynamite, if you're using concrete, it's a good way to go. Um, they drill these holes, they bore holes. It's really kind of rudimentary right. and stuff explosives into them. Yeah. And we should say also, um, it's not just a guessing game in most demolitions, from what we understand. They will say, uh, I picked this support column, maybe probably up on like the 20th floor or something like that. Yeah. Rather than down low. And, uh, they will blast it. They'll attach some explosives to it and do like a test blast. Yeah, I don't think they're trying to blow it up. They're just trying to they they're trying to do a small charge to see how much damage that small charge does, and then they can predict how much a larger uh, how much amount of a larger charge they will need to use. Yeah, to like blow the columns up. Right, or they might blow a column, but they'll wrap it in like chain link fence mm-hmm. and a shield to kind of keep it in place, and so it doesn't go everywhere and you know hurt people. Obviously, right. Yeah, and um, what they want to do is and. This is comforting to know. They want to use the minimum amount of explosives that it takes to bring this thing down. They don't just go in there willy-nilly and just say, load it up, boys. Right, yeah. You know, they want to use the, the smallest amount to still get the job done. Exactly, because um, if they use too much, then you got a bunch of chunks flying everywhere and there's damage to surrounding buildings and people get hit in the head. It's sure. bad news. Lawsuits. Use too little, you've got that building still kind of standing 
And that's extremely dangerous as well because you have to bring in a, a crew to knock it down. Right. Like you would a, a lower, smaller building. Um, but it's a tall building that's just kind of half standing. And it's, it's like a Jenga tower now. Yeah, that's no good. No. That's very dangerous. So you want to use the minimum amount, but the, the right amount. Yeah. Well, that's one reason the World Trade Center was so dangerous afterward because it, obviously it wasn't some controlled implosion, mm-hmm. uh, unless you're Charlie Sheen and you, you know, get on the internet and say that it's a government conspiracy. Well, he was a uncontrolled implosion himself, wasn't he? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you know, 9-11 was so dangerous to clean up because th- it wasn't done on purpose. So they didn't know what was weak and what wasn't. And it was pretty precarious getting in there and yeah. trying to clean the thing out. It's like sure. Super dangerous work. Yeah. So, uh, stating the obvious. Well, we've got the test blast done. Yeah. We've got them. Now they're going around and they're, they're drilling boreholes. Let's say we're doing a concrete building. Yeah. So you got your dynamite. Yeah. And what is dynamite? It's just basically like a kind of a paper material soaked in a combustible, highly explosive liquid. Yeah, chemicals. Yeah, that it takes actually a um, an explosion to explode dynamite. Yeah. So you you might have a fuse. I think if you're demolishing a building in 1902, you got a fuse going to the stick of dynamite. Yeah. But in between the fuse and, and the dynamite is a blasting cap. It's a small charge of explosive material that's lit by a fuse. That's right. It's a primer charge. And the point of using dynamite and why you want to use it in um, concrete structure column um, is that it expands, creates a, a, a bunch of hot gas all of a sudden. Yeah, really quickly. And when it's doing that inside a concrete column, it explodes the concrete column into rubble. Yeah. Now that'll work for concrete, but you got yourself a steel structure, you're going to have to use something else called RDX. That's right. And I'm not not even going to say the long name. I'll try it. I want to try it. All right. You ready? Yep. Cyclotrimethylene trinitramine. Damn. Dude. I stumbled a little bit in the middle, but I still got it done. No, that was that was perfect. I mean, you look at it, and it looks like the alphabet. It's such a long word. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, RDX. We'll call it RDX. And that's what you want to use if you have steel supports. And um, if dynamite explodes at a rate of about 600 tons per square inch, RDX um, explodes at about 20,000, 27,000 27, feet per second. That is like some serious stuff. Right. And you're not exploding steel because you can't explode steel. What they're actually doing there is they are cutting through the steel, splitting it in half, right. thereby weakening it. Yeah. It's like um, using a club or a scalpel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, to use either one of these, though, like you said, you need a blasting cap, that primer charge, mm-hmm. the fuse. And the fuse is just explosive junk inside of a cord. Like when you see like the old-timey fuses, mm-hmm. you know, like a sparkler, that's explosive material just packed inside like, you know, a tight cord. Right. And the whole point of a fuse is it's a, it delays the blast. So depending on how you want to sequence your blast, um, you're going to use varying lengths of fuses. Again, if it's 1902. <laughs> that's right. Um, and that uh, fuse eventually will reach the point where it sets off the primary charge, and that's where the action happens. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, they use electrical detonators mainly, um, probably exclusively, don't you think? I would think so. And that is, you know, sort of like a fuse, except it's just it's a lead line made of electrical wire, or it is electrical wire, 
Um, you've got your detonator end uh, where the wire is surrounded by this explosive material, and then that's attached directly to the primer charge and then the main explosives, and they, you know, they have some sort of battery device, heats up the wire, right. and eventually it'll get hot enough to set off that uh, junk on the detonator end, sets off the primer charge, triggers the main show. Right, like, you know the old plunger that they use, like, in, in Bugs Bunny cartoons to blow up stuff? You mean when the when the uh, mockingbird lands on it? Yeah, exactly. Behind Coyote's back and right. it slowly depresses? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, apparently that is an electrical um, detonator where you would have a charge going and then you'd press the plunger and it would release that charge. Yeah. Um, that's the same thing except we, we don't use that old-timey box and plunger any longer um but it's still the same that's principle. A shame. i think like, that's very gratifying yeah i would imagine i think i wonder if they have fake ones just to sort of like a ribbon cutting <laughs> like that plastic make... phone you like connect <laughs> to your iphone well that actually works though well i'm sure this works too no but if you just have a fake one you're like you know, the owner of the company is very old school we have to set this up for him so right. he can push it down yeah he loves giant scissors and, yeah <laughs> yeah but no i mean like maybe there's like the little uh the little remote control is in the box and when you press the plunger oh. down it pokes the button yeah, that's... And the owner of the company is like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do, Do it, it again. <laughs> wow, that's funny. I guess we're both three-year-olds at yeah. heart. Yeah. Um, okay, so they have to control this sequence sometimes. Like, maybe they don't want the first floor and the 12th floor going off at the same time. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a delay. Mm-hmm. So right. they, they can actually have a delay in the fuse, areas where the fuse burns slower than others. Right, or you just, like I said, you use longer lengths of fuse. Sure. You know, um, but yeah, you can put a uh, a little. You could put say, uh, you could charge a fuse and then add a little extra fuse between the original fuse that you just delivered the charge to and like a a, a delay fuse and the blasting cap. And right. then yeah, you can time it, and you want to time it again. You don't want everything falling down on top of itself and ending up supporting itself. Right. You want like columns coming down and then columns coming down all on top of each other and they're pushing one another down. Remember in the um, World Trade Center episode that we did, it's, it's yeah. called pancaking. Yeah, yeah. It's where the rubble on one floor hits the rubble on another floor with enough force that that floor comes down. And, and it just gets heavier and does that heavier. again and again and again, yes. And it picks up speed as well. That's right. And yeah, once that happens, like there's there's no going back. Yeah, and sadly, as we all saw on 9-11, and if you've ever watched the the internet videos, it, it only takes a few seconds, and it's done. Yeah. It's I, a very quick process. Apparently, people are surprised by how fast that happens. Oh, really? Yeah. Like who? People who've never watched these videos? It says in the article that people, people are surprised. People, <laughs> it's the one thing they're surprised by most is uh, how quickly a building collapses. Show me these people. I love it when I think when people write these articles like that, they just sort of say... I was surprised. So, right. so people, people are. <laughs> yeah. They do that in journalism. Um, all right. So let's say you're going to take down a building in a neighborhood. You might want to hire a, a consulting firm to come in. And the idea I get is that they sort of document the process, maybe work with the neighbors um, in a little PR sense to assure them that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. They're going to film it, of course, because yeah. you can learn a lot from watching it. Yeah, not and only put it on YouTube. <laughs> you yeah, you can put it on YouTube, but also like that's also how one of the ways you're going to figure out how to take down 
the building you're working on now yeah. is going back and looking at how you've taken down similar buildings. Right. So the, the owner would come in and say, hey, pull the uh, the bank in Houston from 88. Right. Well, that one was perfect. And yeah. And it looks just like this one. Yeah. Um, so you've called in your consulting firm. They've done all their due diligence. They're working. Before things uh, hit go time, you're going to, of course, do a really thorough check to make sure no one's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to, like in Heather's, remember that movie? Heather's, uh, there's a riveting Magnum PI episode where Magnum and Higgins are in, not only in a building that's about to be demolished, trapped in an elevator in a building really? that's about to be, oh, it was <laughs> like almost unwatchable, it was so tense. I don't remember that one. Yeah, and Heather's, I think the dad was an implosion expert and like yeah. killed the mother that way, right? Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, because yeah, he said something about was. Christian Slater said something about yeah, mom saw mom in the window or something. And oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think the mom killed herself was the implication. Oh, by being in there. Yeah, I love my dead gay son. Yeah, that was <laughs> man. That's a good movie. That's a great line. Classic. Um, so they've calculated the perimeter obviously as well. Not only going to check inside the building, you're also going to to make sure that you have a safety zone around. The thing, yeah, because where no one's allowed. Implosion enthusiasts like to sneak a little closer. That's I know, crazy, Chuck's, crazy. Choke shaking his head in dismay right now. <laughs> Why? Why? Just do you have a computer? Do you have access to the internet? I guess there's nothing like seeing it in person. Maybe sure. You know. Oh yeah, I can I can understand people who go around and like check that out, but to get closer, to get within the blast zone, which has been carefully calculated by the blasting company. Yeah, and. They they have said, this is a dangerous area. Yeah. This is a safe area. You can see it from the safe area. Yeah. So just stay in the safe area. Right. Uh, so what you want is a very controlled situation. Um, you don't want, like we said, over, over blasting. You don't want under blasting. You want to do it just right. Um, the impression I get is 99 times out of 100, it goes according to Hoyle, and it's just, you know. It works out great. No one gets hurt. You might blast out a few windows of businesses around there. Apparently, it's to be expected. Yeah, of course, with this kind of stuff, if, if you're close enough to it. So wait a minute. Now, there's been a 10-minute siren, a 5-minute siren. Yeah. The air is totally still. It's a crisp day. The sky is blue. Maybe a bird flies by. Yeah. You hire uh, Michael Buffer to do your 10, 9, 8 countdown. Who's that? He's the, uh, let's get ready to rumble. Oh, that guy. You know how much money he gets paid for doing that? I imagine a lot. Oh, dude. So you get the one-minute siren and then the countdown. That's right. If you're using an electrical detonator, uh-huh. you the, your guy has had his finger or her finger on the charge button. Yeah. And uh, it's very much like charging a camera to f- the camera flash. Yeah, you can't just you know? pop one after the other. You just got to build up that charge. Right, exactly. Anybody who's seen um, Silence of the Lambs at the end when Jodie Foster is being approached by <laughs> Buffalo Bill. One of the greatest. Yeah, but remember that high-pitched sound? Oh, yeah. That's the camera flash charging again. That's what you're doing with the electrical detonator. He's got the finger on yeah. the charge. And then they get to one, and you press fire, and the electrical charge is released, and the building goes kaboom. <laughs> That's right. Have you ever played the camera flash game? No. I need to say this because it's really one of the more fun things you can do, and I don't think it can hurt you. I'm going to look this up after. Uh-oh. I think it's very safe. Go, uh, if you have an old-fashioned camera flash that you can charge and pop off like that, mm-hmm. get into a pitch black room with your buddy. Right. You know, find where your faces are so you're a couple of feet apart like we are, mm-hmm. and um, point the flash toward your own face. 
have them looking at you and you pop it off and immediately you get this perfect black and white image you know it registers with your brain right and you can see it it's like right in front of you and it's really really cool and creepy nice my brother and I used to do it all the time huh it's a lot of fun and so okay. you get a perfect image of the other person's face yeah like they're pointing it like I would point it at my face mm-hmm. you're looking at me we're in the complete dark right uh, and I pop the thing off and then you see like this weird it's almost like a uh, lithograph mm-hmm. of my face nice it's very very cool did you know that if Good you clean fun if you write that that ultimately damages <laughs> your eyes permanently I don't think so if you if you take a flashlight and you look like you hold the flashlight up to your face with the the beam pointing away from you uh-huh. and you look right over the top of it like right over your knuckles and just basically down the beam uh-huh. and just shine it around on the ground you can see spiders eyes I'm not sure what that means. You can see the eyes of little spiders that you could never see in the dark, but you can see their eyes reflecting back at you. It's really neat and unnerving. So but you, there, you'll you get you all of a sudden start to grasp just how many spiders there are around you at all times. So just like on your kitchen floor, yeah, or outside's better. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, you just just take a take a flashlight and hold it up to your face and just look down the barrel of the flashlight What's the difference onto the ground. between that and just shining a flashlight on the, the ground? The angle of reflection, huh. it doesn't work. It, you have to look right. And I'm not, this isn't like an old, this isn't snipe hunting or anything. I've done it myself. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you just look down the barrel of the flashlight and, and check out the, the little spider's eyes looking back. It's... Is it terrifying? It, it is. is it's like a little bit. It's surprising at first. It's not like that, but it's... It goes from like not seeing anything to all of a sudden you're like you realize okay there's a spider and oh look there's another spider and I didn't even realize that I could do this it's neat I'm gonna try that tonight and they're green and tiny too uh, all the ones I've ever seen were little green eyes totally trying that tonight okay when I text and if, you I'm at telling midnight. you if it doesn't work don't be like <laughs> Josh got me like just keep trying and you'll adjust the spiders. angle or something you'll you'll see it okay boy that was a long uh, sorry about that um. So we've, we've detonated. You've detonated. The building has imploded. It's going to send a huge dust cloud up, as you've seen on, on uh, YouTube, as we've said 2,000 times. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may be a bit of a pain for the neighbors, but um, they will argue, the, the blaster guys will argue, that it beats like a month of slow demolition. Right, yeah. Like this cloud will dissipate pretty soon, and then it's gone forever. Yeah, apparently if you have allergies in the area, they say just – Go away for the day, and when you come back, it'll probably be fine. So, Josh, I want to be a blaster. Can I go to Blast University? Yes, it's uh, it's, go blasters. Right, it's an adjunct of Brown University. Uh huh. Um, and uh, you just go enroll there. They'll let anybody in. It's free, and uh, you'll be a blaster the day you get out after two weeks of training. (laughs) Bam. Not true. There is no such program at all. No organized school. Um, the best way to get involved in this business is to get a job, um, probably sweeping up, I would imagine, at first for mm-hmm. one of these companies. Yeah. And work your way to the top. And um, like we said, there's only about 20 well-established ones in the world or mm-hmm. in the United States, probably in the world. Yeah. And uh, you know, work your way up if you're into it. And maybe one day you can start Josh and Chuck Demolition LLC. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, you probably do better to try and... Worm your way through the company. Plus, you'll also owe us royalties if you name your company Josh and Chuck <laughs> Demolition LLC. That's right. Uh, okay, well, I guess it's implosions, right? I got nothing else. We nailed that one, didn't we? I think so.
I hope you guys didn't skip this. Obviously, you didn't if you're hearing me say this right now. And if not, then they never knew. Yeah. But good for you for, for getting into it because it's pretty neat stuff. I agree. Uh, if you want to learn more about building implosions, you can type building implosions in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Uh, and that means, of course, it's time for message break. Listener mail, please. Listener mail time. Okay. Uh, I'm going to call this um, leeching. Still happens. Really? You know that? Yeah. Uh-uh. So this is from uh, Annie, his husband. Leeches? He works for the Mayo Clinic, so this is legit. Um, <laughs> well, what does he do for the Mayo Clinic? <laughs> he sneaks leeches into people's beds. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, just listen to the ECT podcast. At the end, you guess what would be the next archaic medical procedure to make a comeback, and you specifically mention leeching. News for you, leeching is still totally happening. Don't call it a comeback. My husband is an, uh, oh boy, what is he in? Otorel. <laughs> oh, what? Otolaryngologist. Nice. Otolaryngologist. Never heard of that. He does uh, surgery on patients that need facial tumors removed. Huh. I would call myself a facial tumor remover. <laughs> LLC. Yeah. You're wearing um, a painter's cap while you're doing That's right. Uh, and they take tissue from other places on the body to repair the site. And if the flap doesn't have good circulation after the repair, they will stick leeches on it to get the blood flowing. Oh, neat. And um, the medical-grade leeches are huge and greenish, and they fall off when they're full, so the nurses have to keep an eye on them in the hospital. Isn't that crazy? I had no idea that that went on, honestly. So that's still going on, and she ends by saying, So gross. Leeches and more. Love, Annie. Huh. That was a great listener mail. Yeah, short and sweet. And who knew? Yeah. Good one, Annie. Way to go. Uh, If we have mentioned something that we thought was done, but is still going on, we want to hear about that. We want to know what's going on, basically. So tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. Or go on to Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know and tell us what's going on. Or send us an email with the subject line, what's going on? Not with a question mark. Because they'd be asking us what's going on. And we want to know what's going on. Right. You would direct that email to stuffpodcast.discovery.com. Or you can find out what's going on at stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Hey, Netflix streams TV shows and movies directly to your TV, computer, wireless device, or game console. You can get a 30-day free trial membership. Go to www.netflix.com stuff and sign up now.